Hey everyone! In case you haven't noticed, we live in some confusing, challenging, and changing times. It sure isn't easy to follow Jesus in 2021. How can we stay grounded in our faith? Stay true to biblical convictions? And how can we become more like Christ and share Him with the world around us? This is Real Christian Talk with Pastor Steve. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Real Christian Talk. I wanted to begin our episode here for this week by asking you a question, a question which you can ponder and reflect on here for just a moment. And that question is simply this. Are you bearing his name or are you profaning his name? Whose name am I referring to? I'm referring to the name of Jesus Christ, which as believers in Christ, we are called upon to represent and to represent him in a way that's going to bring glory and honor to his name. There's a lot to be said about the correlation between a name and a legacy. There are certain figures, whether they be in politics or sports or any kind of field of society, where if I were to say their name, you would know exactly who I'm referring to. And as soon as you know who I'm referring to, maybe certain things would come up in your mind, certain things about them, whether they be good or, or whether they be bad. Well, we're told by the Lord himself in his prayer model, which he gave us, which we call the Lord's Prayer, that his name is hallowed. Hallowed be your name. What does it mean that his name is hallowed? And what implications does that have for the way in which we present ourselves each and every day to the people around us, in our homes, in our workplaces, and in our churches? I wanted to begin also by our biblical passage for this week's broadcast is from the book of Psalms, Psalm 135, verse 13. And that psalm simply says this, Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. That passage says a lot. In just a couple of sentences. And it got me thinking about the name of the Lord and what reputation we are helping his name to have. There's something about names and about legacies. And unfortunately, we have been seeing a number of high-profile names in the evangelical Christian world whose legacies have been squandered as a result of downfall, of scandal, and of abuse. Not unlike the scandals that happened in the 1980s, where we all know the names Jim Baker and Jimmy Swaggart, and we know that those names are synonymous with, with, with unfaithfulness, with, um, with money scandal, with cheating, and that did tarnish for, for many uh, televangelism as a whole for quite some time. Well, for my generation, we are now unfortunately seeing more high-profile names in the Christian world whose legacies have been squandered, whose ministries that were having an effect, whether you were a fan of their ministries or not, have unfortunately ended in disgrace. Just recently, we've seen and heard that Hillsong's Carl Lentz in New York City, uh, his ministry abruptly ended as a result of adultery and and now they're investigating all kinds of potential problems that were going on at Hillsong. 
And then most notably recently, another huge bombshell dropped for many of us evangelicals, and that was to find out that Ravi Zacharias, who was a well-known apologist who helped defend the Christian faith for several decades and who abruptly left us and passed away last year with, with cancer, well, it now turns out that an investigation that his own ministry put together revealed that he has, in fact, had, in fact, engaged in all kinds of, of predatory behavior and abuse. Um, he led a double life. He didn't simply fall into sin or, or make some mistake or, or have some dramatic moment uh, needing of repentance. He had an entire lifestyle that he was leading that was completely contradictory to everything that he stood for in public. And so now his name will no longer be the legacy, uh, unfortunately, of all the good things that the Lord did do through him, all the good things that the Lord did do through his ministry. Unfortunately, now his legacy has been tarnished. And, and particularly what bothers me about what happened with Ravi is when looking at the investigation that took place, um, I got downright angry at hearing about the way in which Ravi used God and used his influence and used his position to pray on the vulnerable, to pray on women who had suffered trauma, who had suffered sexual abuse, and who were at a vulnerable state and still not quite solid in their own faith and in their own beliefs. And he used God, he used the name and influence of Jesus that he had to help get his way and what he wanted. And every Christian, every evangelical Christian, should have a righteous indignation at hearing about how predator-like behavior and sexual abuse and outright blasphemy was happening. And all kinds of questions need to, to need to be asked as a result of that. And, and that's a whole other podcast for talking about you know, why is it that, what what is the system and what is the church culture that allows that kind of sexual abuse to be perpetuated? I, I think of Harry Thomas from uh, Christian, uh, excuse me, Creation Fest. He was the leader of Creation Fest, the largest Christian music festival in the country. I went there many years. I went there with my dad. I went there with my friends. I went there with students as, as a youth pastor. I went there as an author. And I remember being so excited when I was able to take a picture with Harry Thomas, uh, he looks like Santa Claus. <laughs> That's what everyone would always say. Hey, look, there's Santa Claus. That's Pastor Harry. And he would, you know, uh, go around sometimes the vendors. And, and I remember one time when we were there one year selling one of my books, uh, we caught him and we, we pulled him over and he took a picture with me. And I was so excited. I had Pastor Harry Thomas, the founder of Creation Fest, standing next to me. But now I don't look at that picture the same way because it came out later that he, in fact, had uh, sexually molested boys and, and I believe girls in as a result of uh, using his position as a pastor in a harmful way to pray on the vulnerable. So again, um, the damage that's done to the reputation and to the legacy of these names is one thing. It's a tragedy in and of itself. 
But the question that this forces all of us to ask that I believe is very important is what is the damage that is being done to the name, legacy, and reputation of Jesus Christ as a result of these uh, abuses, as a result of these of these scandals? What happens to the authenticity and reputation of Christ and the gospel uh, in the eyes of the world that is around us? Obviously, there's damage to it. Now, of course, we know that our hope is not to be in men. Our trust is not to be in flesh and blood. This whole thing is a reminder of why the cult of personality that is so popular in evangelical Christianity today is dangerous. It's unhealthy because it breeds an environment where there's a lack of accountability, where there's a lack of, 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 uh, of people looking to the Lord themselves for themselves and seeing these teachers as merely, as we are, fellow workers, as Paul says, that are meant to help point people to Jesus Christ. But sadly, what often happens is we basically have celebrity-like idolatry that happens a lot within Christianity. And then when their legacies get tarnished by scandal and abuse and downfall, a lot of times that can do damage to people who... who we're heavily influenced by these figures and these leaders. So it's a reminder to all of us that we must place our faith and trust in Jesus, in Jesus alone, and not be looking to these men and women to be uh, on par for us with, with the Lord. You know, And so the Christian faith stands on the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It does not rise or fall based upon the scandals or 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 you know, uh, um, tarnished legacies of these ministries. You know, Jesus holds his own and, and the church for all of its faults uh, will continue to uh, overcome because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. But I do believe, I do believe that our witness for the Lord, and at least for me, the question I think all of us should have, as Paul asks in Philippians is, are we looking out for the interests of Jesus Christ? Are we as Christians in our actions and our words and how we behave and how we treat others in our lifestyle, are we caring about the reputation of the name of Jesus? Because I believe that all of us should care about that. I believe that's something that all of us need to care about because the Lord if you look in the scriptures, certainly does care about his name. And his name is going to endure forever uh, with or without our help. But we are, as Christians, called upon to make Jesus famous in our generation. Not infamous, but famous. We are called to make him well-known, to make him renowned. The psalmist says that, his name, he is renowned throughout all generations. Every generation of believers have a calling, a privilege, and a responsibility to help through their lives, through the giftings God has given them, and through the opportunities that he has given to them, and the influence that he gives us. We have these things so that in our time, in our generation, we can help make Jesus known and his name to be glorified and to be honored. Because sadly in our culture today, the name of Jesus is simply a cuss word that's 
used in 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 film and in uh, TV shows, or it's his name is often uh, synonymous, or the Christian faith is synonymous with hypocrisy, with uh, being narrow-minded and judgmental, and all those things. And I, for one, know that the world's going to hate us. I know the world's going to hate Jesus because they put him on a cross two thousand years ago. Hello, <laughs> but I also know that God wants us as he says through the Apostle Peter, to have conduct that is honorable among the heathen, among those who do not know uh, Jesus Christ. And we are surrounded every day by people who don't. Now, if you look in the Bible and you look in the Old Testament, you can see that God cares an awful lot about the reputation of his name. And if anything, it hurts him, it grieves him, and I'll say it, it angers him when his people do not seem to care about his name. In Romans chapter 2, verses 23 through 24, the Apostle Paul, in quoting an Old Testament reference, says, The name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Ooh, that hurts. Think about that. The name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Now again, pulling out from the Old Testament, God had called Israel and set Israel apart for his glory, to make him known uh, among the nations of the world. And Israel, when you look at Israel, we often uh, we often feel for God. We feel for the spot that he's in. But then if we really think critically and carefully, it should make us realize, wow, uh, I do a lot of the same things that ancient Israel did. Ancient Israel had this tendency to want to be like everyone else. We want to be like the rest of the nations of the world. You know, ancient Israel had this tendency to to harm the reputation of the Lord. They had a tendency to be careless and casual in their worship of God. And they had a, a tendency to compromise and to give in to the pressures and to the pull of the world that was around them. And, and that's why Israel repeatedly kept getting in trouble for idolatry over and over and over again in the Old Testament. And so when you look at the prophets like Ezekiel and Jeremiah, there gets to be this point where God literally says, you are profaning my name. You are, some translations say, polluting my name. You're polluting my name by the way in which you act, by the reputation that you're giving to me. If there's one thing God is passionate about in his word, it's his name. Because his name is not just synonymous with, I mean, because we could get into a whole different subject of what is the name of God, right? Because God gives several titles and names and designations of who he is, you know? And, and of course, we think of the burning bush when God told Moses, my name is I am who I am. And there's all kinds of things we could unpackage and what that even means, you know? But, and Jesus said, you'll, you'll have what, what you've asked when you ask in my name. And, and so sometimes we think, oh, okay, so that just means I have to insert the name Jesus or God, G-O-D, into a sentence, and then I'm going to get what I want, or, or, or that's, you know, that's the name of God, and that's what he's talking about. But that's missing what the name of God is all about. The name of God represents his essence. It represents his character. It represents his glory. It represents his reputation. It is is much more than just saying the name Jesus or or just saying the word G-O-D. And so as believers in Christ, as followers of Christ, you and I are called to bear his name. 
We're called to bear his name. Now, there's different, uh, you know, definitions as to what bearing his name even means. But one definition of what it means to bear someone's name is it means to carry their name. And when you are referred to as a Christian, the Bible says we should praise God that we bear that name. Because uh, the name Christian denotes that we are followers of Jesus Christ. And we are to be synonymous with being a likeness, a reflection of Jesus Christ. You know, the, the, the name Christian was given to us from, well, from the world, really. It was given to us, if you look in the book of Acts, originally Christians didn't have a name. People referred to us as followers of the way because Jesus said he's the way. But the world gave us that name because the world at that time could see that as they complained, we were turning it upside down with the gospel, with the transformation that the power of God was doing in the hearts, minds, and lives of the people who were representing his name. And so the world called the church Christians because they recognized that they were branded to Jesus, that they were bonded to Jesus, that they were sharing Jesus, and that they actually resembled Jesus by the way that they were living. Would the world of today give us that that name and think of it that way? I think there's been unfortunately, unfortunately a lot of damage. And as a result, there's a lot of negative stereotypes of what it means to be a Christian. And so that's why some Christians just opt to not even use the name. But I'm for using the name because we carry that name Christian. And we are called upon because we have the risen living Christ living through us. We are called upon to carry his name and carry it well, to exalt his name and to acknowledge his name. And to acknowledge his name means that uh, our lifestyle and, and the way we treat people and, and how we carry ourselves, um, no matter who's around us, that that will, um, that will testify to the Lord rather than, than, than deny him. So we are called upon to do all those things. Because in Malachi chapter 1, verse 11, again, as God was, was, was kind of hurt because his people were not taking his name seriously, he said, my name will be great among the nations. His name will be great among the nations. And in Philippians chapter 2, verse 21, of course, we, we remember that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so there is no higher calling, no higher purpose than to live for the name of Jesus. Our society and our culture says that we're supposed to spend our lives making a name for ourselves. We're supposed to spend our lives making a name for ourselves. And making a name for ourselves usually is all about, you know, having our way and going after our personal ambitions. And, and, and it can also mean, you know, carving out some kind of legacy for people to remember us by. But as believers in Christ, we are called upon to use our lives to make his name magnified, to get his name higher so that he is famous and he is well known by the people around us. Because I'm here to tell you here in America in 2021, the country that's got churches on every block, five Bibles in every house, and everyone's got a smartphone, most Americans do not really know who Jesus Christ really is. And they do not know the gospel of Jesus Christ and what it's all about. And you and I 
we have the opportunity of a lifetime with this pandemic, with the divisions in our country, and and and, and quite frankly, with what I see emerging in the post-pandemic world, where the church has the opportunity to really stick out and step up like we've never had before. Being a half-in, half-out, casual Christian is simply not going to work in the post-pandemic world for a bunch of reasons, and some of those reasons I'll be unpacking in the next few episodes. But I just want to encourage all of us uh, here today as I get ready to wrap this episode up with the lyrics of Casting Crowns. Uh, Casting Crowns, great band, and they have this song called Only Jesus, and I love that song so much, and I love the music video they made for that song. And one of the lyrics that's in that song says, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me. Only Jesus. Jesus is the only name to remember. And I think that that's so important and so true and so relevant because Jesus' name is the name that's going to outlast the pyramids. And so the legacy you and I have the opportunity to make and to leave behind is a legacy that points people to the name of Jesus and lives a life that helps magnify and glorify so I'm going to leave you as I always will with encouraging you with 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verses 13 through 14. Stand firm in your faith and let everything that you do be done in love. God bless.